Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. There's a lot of money to be made in that kind of business. Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple life, but they're not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother. And I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, welcome to Rome Sports Podcast. October 10th, 2017, 10-10 here. Week 5 NFL's in the books. Heading into week six here. Um, getting a little colder. Had to wear a jacket for the first time this morning up here in lovely Minnesota. But uh, as always, let's go to Vegas and check in with Rob. How's it down there in the desert, Rob? Any uh, any warmer down there? Yeah, definitely. I don't miss that. I'll tell you that for sure. I don't miss the jackets and the cold weather. I uh, Ready for Vegas and the warmer weather than you got there, that's for sure. So, uh, first of all, let's uh, do as we always do and check in with a little weekend recap of how we did last week. The weekend recap. So, I know for me it was kind of a weird week. It was a pretty high-volume week for me. I ended up having uh, playing a Thursday night and then uh, six plays there on Sunday. They ended up splitting, went three and three, but did get the under home. I know we are both on that on the Thursday night game, so... Ended up going four and three, uh, you know, losing a little bit with the juice on a couple of the games, but still ended up turning a little bit of a profit. So got me back into the positive for the year. Just kind of been hanging around, haven't really done a whole lot, um, good or bad. So hopefully got a little bit of a run here, but at least the, you know, at the very least, not uh, not in the negative anymore. So and then didn't quite get the pick of the week home i had that teaser with pittsburgh and philly and the philly was about the easiest part of a tease you could ever imagine just took it to arizona early and never looked back but uh on the other token of the coin (laughs) the steelers just needed them to basically win the game at home against blake bortles and roethlisberger just said no that's not happening we're we're throwing the pick sixes here left and right and we're gonna go down at home to this terrible jags team so I'm back to two, two and one there in the the pick of the week. But um, how did how did the weekend treat you? Yeah, not good at all. I'll I'll take a positive or even week for sure. I uh, not too good. Only one win. Looks like five losses. I think at a release, or maybe even six. Yeah, one and six. So not good. But it's kind of frustrating. I there's a few bad picks I had that released Detroit there late, and I like that play a lot. So. I got the best of the number there. I think you released that as well, and I think it's just a, just a bad pick. I didn't expect Carolina to come out like that. Cam Newton played about as good as football I've ever seen him play. That's saying something from what he played two years ago when he made the Super Bowl run. And he just came out and looked really good, and that's whatever. That's, you chalk it up, it's a loss, and let's see what else did I have. San Francisco, I think that was even lucky to get to overtime, so that was another another play that wasn't that great, but kind of wait, waited around for the best of the number. And I think I got about a two at close, released that one and a half. But then I go to Cleveland. I like that play a lot. They pretty much dominated the Jets up and down the field. They just shoot themselves in the foot, good old uh, Cleveland style, like they always do. And they still almost covered at the end there. And then that Dallas game, it was another deal where they 
played that Green Bay team that looked pretty good, but Dallas played, played pretty flawless, at least on the offensive side. And I think they had control of that game and should have won that and covered, in my opinion. They just had that one interception that was a pick six and gave gave uh, Aaron Rodgers too much time at the end there. So that was pretty frustrating. Then had a few few overs that in that uh, Cleveland Cleveland game as well that just just couldn't score. I don't know another another play I like quite a bit. Beat the number by quite a bit. A couple points. 39 and a half I released that closed anywhere from 41 41 and a half and those couple points are pretty key uh when you're talking about the lower numbers like that so and the same thing with that Buffalo Cincinnati I still don't know how that game didn't get over so kind of frustrating not not producing results but beating the numbers for the most part and liking the way it plays out it just kind of doesn't uh you know I'm like what I'm seeing it doesn't really play out how I expect it to or how it I think it should long term, but what what are you going to do? He's got to kind of keep uh, grinding away and getting back to work Monday morning or Sunday afternoon, actually for me, and and just keep trying to find value and hopefully eventually it'll uh, catch up and you can get it get ahead. Yeah, just click on your uh, picks page there. Holy smokes, that's a lot of red. Oh, but, I know. Uh, <laughs> like you said, though, it's you know one of those things where it's small sample size. You got to grade the process, not the results, and you've been beating numbers and. You know, eventually that'll that'll play out, and like I said, you got a track record of doing good the last couple of years, so you know, hopefully it's just a little blimp on the radar and we can get her turned around here, and you know, I think this is probably the, the week to do it here in week six, start uh, kind of defining your, uh, you know, your opinions on some teams a little bit more solid, you know, because it's a little bit more solidified here. As you start to have more and more data points, you can kind of compare, and, and uh, you know, so hopefully we'll get her going here. Um... All right, next up, let's take a look at the uh, last week where the number came into play in a couple of these games. Getting the best of the number. All right, so uh, last week, I know that there's a couple games where the number came into play. What uh, what games were those? Yeah, we actually had one at the start of the week and the end of the week. The first one happened to be that Tampa Bay-New England game, and that's everything I didn't mention either, of course, all throughout the podcast, I was talking about how I like usually don't like Thursday night games, and of course I said I like Tampa getting the points last last Thursday, and also I like the under a decent amount. A few different reasons for that that I mentioned last week, and both of those were I think were pretty good picks and the right sides. And of course I didn't release a plan either of them. I had some money on both of them, but didn't release the plays and just kind of didn't get the wasn't watching the number as closely as I should have been. And once it moved by a half point or a point, even though it's not super key on that side, uh, I didn't want to release it and glad i didn't especially after kickoff like i just mentioned that was one of the games that happened to be you could have bet either side so this game i think tampa opened five and a half six somewhere in there and closed at about three and a half and a lot a little bit had to do with the the gronk injury i believe but either way some money came in from the some sharper guys on, on tampa so obviously if it what the game end on four or five what was it yeah uh, five it, it ended Five nineteen fourteen. I know. I saw a tweet from uh, I think it was one of the Canner guys, one of the Canner bookmakers, saying that with about what four minutes left in the game, he was like, "The last thing we want right now is this game to land five because we hung a, a six early in the week. It was, we wanted some sharp money on Tampa, and we took quite a bit. And then uh, took some more at five and a half. And then once Gronk got announced out, they adjusted the line down." Uh, I don't know if it was four or four and a half, and they said we took a bunch of public money all day on the, the Patriots, even with the Gronk injury. So like the last thing in the world we want right now is is this to land five, and then of course ended up landing five. So I think the books might have got middled a little bit there, 
Um, so oh, they absolutely know, did, <laughs> which is good for yeah. good for the betters. That's where, like, again, you get the best of the numbers. It's really key. And even we're doing, the, we just started the segment last week, but pretty consistently, I've been tracking it for a few years now, and not tracking it, but kind of just you know keeping a mental note in my head. And I'll actually put it on the podcast. But almost every week, there's one, two, three examples or more uh, between side and total just for the full game. Then you start adding in first half, second half, and other bets as well. Then you're going to really talk about uh, getting some middles. So it's pretty key. Uh, that's why, you know, like you said, if you waited for the Patriots, and not that the public was necessarily waiting for a number, but if they got the three and a half at game time before kickoff on the same day, then they're going to win. And if you take the Bucks right away at five and a half. Five would have been a push, or even a six. If you got a six, then you would have been a winner. So, really important getting that key number. And, and the same goes for the last night's game with the Vikings and the, the Bears. If uh, you got it right away, Vikings at two and a half, got bet up with three. And then they had Bradford announce was in instead of Keenum, and then they kind of took a little bit of Vikings money, some Vikings steam on on the Vikings side and the total over. So. Not that the over didn't come into play, although it was pretty close, but the Vikings closed at about four and a half, four, somewhere in there. So, again, you could have bet either side, and if you got the best of the number, you would have came out a winner. Yep, absolutely. So, just wanted to point those out here. Um, you know, definitely something to keep in mind. We talk about a slim margin going from a big winner to a big loser long term. You know, 55% down to 48%, you're going to go from. Know, buying houses to <laughs> to being broke here in no time so it's, can't afford rent uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> one of those things are getting the numbers just uh, that important so let's uh, head down to week six though and start taking a look at the card and see what uh, what we can uncover for this week but first of all uh we're in another week where we got some buy teams looks like our buy teams this week are the bills Bengals, cowboys and seahawks uh, anything about any of those teams that you want to mention or that jumps out at you no, um, I'm kind of impressed with Cincy's offense. That's what I've bet the over, I think, two weeks on Cincy's offense, basically, and improving. And that's one game with Cleveland two weeks ago. And then last week, uh, what did they play? Uh, the Bills, of course. And then both of them, I kind of like that bet, but they didn't get there. But I think both times, Cincy's offense looked pretty good. A.J. Green had two, actually they had three, what, a fumble. And then he had two passes that should have been caught that uh, got deflected and intercepted that led to points for Buffalo. But I think I think Dalty looked really good last week specifically. It's kind of hard to judge against that Cleveland defense, but the last two weeks he's looked pretty impressive. So that's something to keep an eye on. But I don't know. I don't have much to say about anything else. And like I said, Dallas looked pretty good on the offensive side, but defensively they still got a lot of problems. I think Sean Lee's a pretty big, uh, pretty big loss for that defense. Kind of the commander in chief there. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get healthy or what the deal is with him. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. Kind of been talking a lot already. So. I'll, Let's see if you got anything to say about the buys. Yeah, nothing too much. I think it's the Bills are just kind of a wait and hold. Um, see where the mark, what the market does with them after losing to Cincy like that. Because I think they were, even though the I thought the number wasn't too bad last week. I think they're getting a decent amount of love to the point where they could become overvalued here. Uh, I think the Bengals. It'll be interesting to see how they're valued going forward. I think there could be a little bit of value on them. Um, I think they're kind of they got. A, an up arrow on them, if anything. And maybe there's uh, a couple good situations you could get them with an extra couple points here and there. Um, Cowboys and Seahawks are not really a fan of either team. I think they're both probably going to be a little bit overvalued, uh, even with the late loss there to the Rodgers and the Packers with the Cowboys. 
uh, and the Seahawks barely holding off Goff and the Rams. So those are both teams I'm kind of interested in fading. But it, uh, it all depends on you know where the market, what the market does with them, and and the situation. So those are just kind of my general thoughts on them teams. But I don't think we need to belabor those points anymore. So let's head on over to the Thursday night game. Actually, a pretty good one here uh, for this first time in seems like a while. We've got a couple top of the NFC teams at four and one. We got the Eagles traveling to the Panthers. Uh, looks like Carolina's three with juice, maybe a three and a half, and a total of forty-six. Yeah, my guess here: Carolina minus four. My power rating: Carolina minus three and a half. The opener was Carolina minus three. Of course, uh, every week we use the opener for the Westgate Superbook, uh, as well as a look ahead lines, which is the week before betting lines that come up about Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere in there that get better on a little bit. And that look headline this week for this game, or last week for this game, was Carolina minus three as well, same as the opener. So not really surprised. We're taking a little bit of Carolina money since open uh, against Philly. Uh, just judging my power ratings, that's kind of what I expect. I, like I think it'd be in the three and a half range, and kind of sitting right where I would think it would be. And I don't really have a lean either way. It's Carolina, like I said, has impressed me, so I'd probably have to lean Carolina's way, even if you're laying a little bit of extra juice if you can get a three. And, but I don't think I'll be involved sidewise. But that total is a little interesting to me at 46. If you get a 46, I'd have a slight lean to the under, just with these the, the defense of Carolina and uh, the performances on offense. Like I said, Cam's played really well the last two weeks, so I think it might have a slight regression. That you know, that's really not sustainable in my opinion, and and even uh, Wentz and that that Philadelphia offense has been pretty high powered as well. So I think they might get a little bit of regression from both these offenses and see a little bit more of a defensive game. But again, it's a Thursday night game, but I'll take a small lean to the under. Yeah, I'm not really sure entirely what to make of either of these teams. I I want to buy the Eagles, but I also don't think they're. You know, it's just hard when they're four and one. It's like I want to buy them, but for the most part, they're going to be looked at at least by the public for sure as a top tier team when they're they have such a gaudy record, even though it's still early. So it's like even though I kind of like them, I don't love them, and I'm they're probably not going to get much value on them. And then at the same time, the Panthers, I I don't really like them that much, even though they did beat. I mean. Uh, even though they did beat Detroit last week, but I also don't hate them to the point where I'm just going to be fading them. And in a spot here where they're only laying three to Philadelphia, it's just I don't feel like there's a ton of value here to take Philly, even though I kind of like them a little bit more. It's at a three and a half, I'd kind of be tempted to, but I also it's like a Philly team that just came off blowing out Arizona and has won three straight. It's, I just don't necessarily trust them enough to keep going and for, you know, Wentz not to have a bad game or I don't like their coach at all. So, you know, he could blow that up when you're talking about only getting such a short number on a team that's rolling like that, that you could make the case could is just exceeding expectations and might not be that great of a team. It's just not really a great price range here, I don't think. So if you made me make a pick, I would go Philadelphia, but I just don't really see a whole lot of value in this game. Um, and I don't really have a whole lot of opinion on the total. I think both of these teams, I think Carolina is more of an under team, but I also think that both of these teams can kind of go either way, and the number seems about right. So for me, it's then you throw in the fact it's a Thursday night game. For me, it's a pretty easy pass here, I think. 
Uh, we'll head to the Sunday games. We got Cleveland at Houston here. Looks like Houston's about a nine and a half point favorite. Couple tens maybe, and a total of forty six and a half, forty seven. Yeah, my guess here is Houston minus twelve and a half. Just trying to fade that Cleveland uh, power rating. Houston minus ten. Westgate open. Houston minus ten and a half. Which I'm gonna double check that because that seems a little. Um, not sure about that, but the look ahead line was Houston minus eight and a half. So clear a little bit of adjustment. Market's kind of getting folding a little bit on this Cleveland team, and rightfully so. I've I've had money on them the last few weeks. Uh, side in total last week, and then the total the week before. But the thing to note here is how much money's came in on the overs. Total opened at 44, and now we're seeing 47 and a half uh, sprinkled across the board. And I mean, 47s across the board with a few 46 and a half. So pretty crazy. That's a pretty big move, especially two key numbers on a total 44 and 47. So that's a huge move. I like the I like the total at over a little bit right when I saw it, but it's one of those deals I've been on Cleveland the last two weeks and thought I had pretty good bets with my overs and got ahead of the markets and both of them didn't cash. So kind of hard to keep going back to the well, even though you think you're getting value. So I didn't jump on it, but uh, at 47, I think there's obviously no way you take the over now and obviously it'd be a, an under look for me if I'm going to be leaning anywhere, but I just don't really want to get involved in this game, I don't think. So I think it's pretty interesting with that total, how much it moved, kind of keep an eye on if it creeps up anymore. I don't know how it could, but if it does, it'd be interesting to see if it gets to 48 or any higher than that. But I'm going to be passing on this game. You should probably release that third bullet there on the Cleveland over at a bad number. That'll be the one that'll cash in the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, probably the way it's going this year. Um, do you know, I know they had Hogan in there. Do you know if it's going to be Kaiser or Hogan this, this week? I don't know. It still says to me that we're not really sure who's playing. So uh, clearly, it's not marketplace. Isn't think it's that big of a deal that they're betting this game over, even though they don't know the quarterback. That goes to show you how how the big big of quarterback woes this Cleveland Brown team has. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, that's true. Um, I saw a tweet from one of the Browns beat reporters that was saying um, all signs point to Hogan starting. And yeah, like like you said, I don't know if it really matters that much. Obviously, they have numbers up here, so they don't. The markets and the books don't really think it matters a whole lot. Um, the Kaiser's looked just horrendous, but I don't think Hogan's looked a whole lot better or has much more of an upside. So uh, it doesn't really matter to me a whole lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously Cleveland struggled and is a pretty terrible team, and Houston's looked pretty good for the most part. Even though, even with the loss, Kansas City, they still looked respectable but uh obviously the market's reflecting that at nine and a half ten i'd i'm not really one to lay this kind of price very often at all and this isn't a spot i necessarily want to do it in either even though i don't like the browns team they've been somewhat competitive at times <laughs> i guess uh, it's just it's not really a, a price range i'm interested in getting involved with so it's a pretty easy pass for me Next game up we got is New England at the Jets. New England's nine and a half or so on the road with a total of forty-seven and a half. Yeah, my guess here is New England minus seven and a half. My power rating is New England minus six and a half. The Westgate Open, New England minus nine and a half, and that was a look ahead line as well. I'm kind of surprised that it's this high actually. Um, bet against the Jets last week, thought I had a pretty good bet with that Cleveland. Didn't work out, but the Jets' offense just looked miserable. I think they had, what, less than 50 yards or so? I don't know, for sure less than 100 on the game, but less than 50 for the first half, and basically virtually no offense against that pretty awful Browns defense. But the defense kept the Browns in check a little bit, but then they, you know, not really at the same time because they kind of just drove the ball up. But you could say they 
but I think it's mostly just because of the Browns just shooting themselves in the foot. But I, like I said, I think that he kind of regrets a little bit. Um, so I, I, my power range tell me to bet the Jets here, and I already did take the Jets. I got an 11 actually with some extra juice, but it's not a huge play just for the fact that this Patriots team is kind of just something that's kind of a wild card right now. They good offense, pretty bad defense, but I kind of expect their defense to improve a little bit. I saw a little bit of improvement last week. That's why I like the under against a Tampa team. And I think uh, coming into this game, I'm going to be looking at the under as well. I'm kind of just waiting around. It's sitting at 47 and a half. I'm kind of waiting around to see if I can get a 48. And if I get to 48, I'll probably have a play and release it on, on the under. Again, like I said last week, that's going to be an open stadium at MetLife for uh, the Jets in New York. And uh, something I didn't take advantage of last year that kind of burned me a little bit is looking at that wind speed. And I might sound like a broken record from last week, and last week, but same deal here. It's over 10 miles an hour during game time uh, for that wind, and it's just kind of hard to play when you got a lot of wind in, in, in there. And I also like the under itself just without that factor. So I think just anything it adds to it, and I'll be, have a pretty uh, pretty strong bet here on, on the under here, especially if it gets to uh, 48 or higher. Yeah, um, and this was game, or the, the Jets last week was the game we went head-to-head on, where you had Cleveland and I had the Jets, and Cleveland outgained him 419 yards to 212 yards. And that was definitely, even though I won the game, didn't really feel like a side that I was you know, totally right on or or didn't necessarily deserve to win, even though, I mean, you can always say, you know, you, you roll with the Browns, stuff like that's going to happen. I've, I've burned a lot of money being on the Browns where they you know, gained more yards or whatever, just shot themselves in the foot. So it kind of comes with the territory. But at the same time, uh, watching that game, it just – the Browns got stopped there on the goal line the one time and they had three turnovers and it didn't really feel a game like the Jets really necessarily deserved to win. Um, it was just kind of a weird game in general. I don't know if either team necessarily deserved to win, but um, so when you look at that going forward, even though the Jets got the job done and they're three and two here, it's kind of hard to really think of them that highly, which isn't saying much, especially coming into the year. People thought they were going to be horrific. Um, so I think they're, if, some, if somebody just looked at the record here and said, oh, wow, they're 3-2 and two and they're getting nearly 10 points at home, they might be tempted to take that. And I, I think that's the, kind of the only way I'd really look here is, is to take the points at home and just hope the Jets' defense can slow down the Patriots' offense a little bit or have a little bit of success against their horrendous defense because the, the Pats' defense, even though they only gave up 15 points to Tampa last week, I didn't think they looked that good. I thought Jameis just looked pretty off. And then, of course, Nick Folk is, <laughs> you know, looked like he was hammered out there. He couldn't even come close to making a couple of those field goals. Um, so I, I don't upgrade the, the Pats defense much at all off of that performance. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I guess this is another game where if you forced me to pick it, I'd take the Jets and the points. But I also don't really trust them that much either. So um, I'll probably just stay away from this one, too. I. Like I said, when you're like evaluating that game last week with the Jets uh, against your Browns there, and you, one of those things where you, even though I walk away with a win, you, I don't think you can really grade it looking back on it as a spectacular handicap. The other game I kind of wanted to mention that I should have during the buys was that Bills-Bengals game. I, I know I had a play on the Bills, and I believe you did too, right? I didn't release a play. I kind of changed my mind uh, during the week. I had 
some, I actually had quite a bit of money on the Bengals, actually. So I like okay. the Bills. I got it at a three and a half uh, early, but kind of changed my mind. It was just a really good spot for the Bengals, but I obviously that was the way I'd still lean would be the the Bills. But I kind of leaned off of it after uh, before post and didn't actually release it. So I was going to say that was another game where I had the Bills and released it, and the Bengals outgained them three hundred eighty-eight yards to two hundred twenty-one. And the only reason the Bills were in that game at all was because they were up three to. They had Cincinnati turned the ball over three times, and the Bills only turned it over once. All A.J. Green, uh, too. <laughs> the what? Every one of those turnovers was A.J. Green on A.J. Yeah. Green. Fumble and the and two uh, drop passes that hit him off the chest or the hands and went into the defender, picked off. Yeah, so, I mean, both of those games, when you're winning the turnover battle and still losing the game or it's really close, more often than not, you're, I mean, it didn't really deserve to you know, be a, be in that spot in the game because turnovers for the most part are pretty fluky. And, you know, it turns the Cleveland's a little bit more defensible, but it's not like the Cincinnati, it's not like A.J. Green's, you know, a fumbling machine where he's fumbling multiple times every week. So that's definitely chalked that up more to good fortune than being a dead-on handicap. So that was a game where you win the turnover battle by two and they still can't cover the three. Um, you know, I chalked that up to a bad handicap. So that's just something to kind of, you know, you always want to, whether it be just in this or in life, you know, self self-evaluate and try to give an honest evaluation of what you did good, what you did bad, how you can improve, um, you know, any, any tips you can take away to, to make yourself, you know, more effective in the future is the way to go, um, go across the board. And that was a spot right there where that's pretty bad handicap on my part. And like you said, I heard from a lot of people I respect as the week went on that, uh, there's a lot of sharper opinions on the Bengals and, uh, you know, definitely made me pull back a little bit from that, but, Still didn't stop me from releasing it, which was something I regret, and um, you know I definitely would uh, take that off the card next time if I were able to. So, uh, next game we got is Miami at Atlanta. Looks like Atlanta's about eleven and a half point favorite, uh, total of forty six and a half. Yeah, my guess here Atlanta minus thirteen and a half. My power rating Atlanta minus ten and a half, and the opener at the Westgate and the look ahead were both Atlanta minus nine and a half. I just don't really want any part of this Miami team. It's just uh, getting all these points. You think that'd be the way I'd lean, but I, if anything, I, if I had to, I think I'd lean Atlanta, laying this many points coming off a bye. But I just don't hardly, almost never lay anything more than ten, and specifically anything over a touchdown. So it's just in that point spread range where I'm not going to be involved. And I mean, unless it just keeps creeping up, uh, where you basically have to just put a play on Miami just out of principle. But at that point, I don't even think it's there yet. So kind of watch where this number goes, but most likely not going to be involved side uh, or total. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of tempted to, to jump on Atlanta here. It's just, it just seems like a great spot. You got Miami off a super unimpressive win against the Titans, where <laughs> Castle and Cutler were just in a pillow fight there. It's just who could be le- least impressive between the two of them. Um, you know, and my, the Dolphins are 2-2, two and two, even though they just look like they're just not that great of a team at all. And Cutler just couldn't, couldn't be a whole lot less interested in playing. And then you got Atlanta coming off a bye with extra time to prepare um, off a loss at home to the Bills in a game that was they didn't necessarily deserve to lose either. So I'm, I think you're going to get a real good effort from Atlanta here. Um, and, and I don't think, I just don't think Miami's that good and it's not really a great spot for them either going back on the road again now. So I think it's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of reflected in the market and I, I just don't really like laying this kind of points ever. 
but that's the only way I'd look is Atlanta. And I don't, just now that since it's up to 11, teaser's not really in play unless you want to do one of those three-team 10-point teasers, uh, which yeah, I wouldn't necessarily suggest. So I there's a small chance I might get to the window with Atlanta here by the end of the week, uh, even though I very, very rarely do that. But this is a spot where I just might. So this would be one where I'm not going to necessarily recommend a play right now, but um, you know, follow the, the picks page at aroundsports.com. Click on my name, and it'll show you if I have a release. This is one that I'd say there's about a 50-50 chance whether I release this play by the end of the week here or not. I'm going to kind of let it simmer out at 11, 11 and a half. So there's not, it's not really a super critical number where there's, you know, you need to rush to the window to get it. If it gets up to 12, 12 and a half, you know, it's not that big a deal, even 13. Or if it gets down to, you know, 10, 10 and a half, 10 would be nice, but I, I highly doubt it's going to get down there. So it's in a spot where I can kind of just let it be and, and let, listen to some other opinions as the week goes on and, and see if I want to go with it or not. Next game up we got is Detroit at New Orleans. Two teams that I just consistently hate. <laughs> uh, looks like New Orleans is four and a half or so. Uh, is this number off the board in some places? or No, at Bookmaker, Chris, I don't see it on there, but everywhere else I see a number. But yes, yeah, anywhere from four and a half, five, and I even see a five and a half at some places. Okay, and then a total of 50? Yeah, so this one I'm a little, I was just a little off on it. A little bit, I guess. I wasn't really sure what the status is with Detroit. Had a lot of injuries, uh, cluster injuries, and even Stafford getting banged up. But I kind of did this during the games and didn't really take that into consideration uh, when I first made my original numbers. But my guess on this, New Orleans minus 1.5. My power rating was a pick. The Westgate opened New Orleans minus 3.5, and and the look ahead was New Orleans minus 3. So like I said, kind of just a few different factors in account for and kind of need to adjust a little bit. But So it needs to be a little bit higher, but I still think, anything above three and a half or you know three and a half or better i think it's still worthy of a bet on detroit here D- depending on what the injuries are like i'll have to wait and see because this number's been getting been been getting bet up all week and uh like you see on our own sports you got that that line watcher that i use quite a bit it's pretty nice it'll basically alert me anytime a number moves any of the books that i have and send me a push notification on my phone so i have this one of the games that i have watched here to see it's been just getting bet up pretty much all yesterday and all day today and uh Keep an eye out, see if I can get a six. If I get Detroit at plus six, unless there's some big injuries or something wrong with Stafford, obviously. But assuming that everything is good to go there, I, I know I know it's not the best spot for Detroit. New Orleans coming off a bye at home, all that. But uh, I, I just think New Orleans, this New Orleans team, I don't know, really know what they've proved. So the fact that they're laying this many points, even at home against a Detroit team that's been in almost every game, or I guess they have been in every game. So I just don't know if it's warranted at this point. So I'll just kind of wait around and see where this market goes. But I'd say there's a decent chance I'd have a bet on Detroit here, and uh, total I think is about right. If I had anything, I'd probably lean a small lean to the under. Yeah, what uh, what was your favorite Adrian Peterson as a Saint moment? Yeah, <laughs> I think mine mine had to have been when he carried the ball six times for 18 yards and that return to Minnesota. That was pretty fun stuff. But uh, it's pretty crazy. After four games, they already bailed on him. Which, not that it was ever a huge deal for people that actually knew football, because it's a running back, especially one that's washed up and doesn't fit a system. But uh, it was a huge talking point there, so it's pretty crazy that they traded him today to the Cardinals. But in terms of, obviously, that had no effect on this line. Um, yeah, like Detroit, I just can't, I don't hate too many teams more than Detroit, I'll tell you that much. I've been saying how they're a fraud for the last year and a half, and 
had a two-unit play been against him with the Vikings a couple weeks ago, and it's just kind of another fluky luck box game that Detroit's been doing left and right. And uh, finally, I say, all right, you know, this is a good spot. Numbers, numbers, right? I think I'm gonna actually have a little bit of faith in Detroit to get the job done, and of course they don't do it, and we're almost basically never really in the game, or I never really had thought they had too much of a chance to win in the whole like second half, basically. So that's pretty frustrating. And then, uh, yeah, who knows with Stafford's? You know, he's, he's healthy, but is I mean he's he's gonna play, but is he kind of banged up? Uh, I don't know how much. If he's going to be fully, you know, mobile and his typical self, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you that at first glance this seems way too high because I'm just not high in this New Orleans team at all either. Um, but who knows? Maybe there's a little bit of a viewing theory. Getting rid of Peterson, maybe there'll be a little bit better chemistry in the locker room. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. It's kind of, kind of a wait and see approach. If if I did go anywhere in this game, I would have to go Detroit, like you're saying, just because they haven't lost a game by more than three points this year. So getting four and a half, five and a half, somewhere in there, just seems like you're getting a little bit of value. But I also don't have a whole lot of faith in Detroit um, necessarily either. So it wouldn't be a big play for me. But there's there's a chance I'll have a little lines in my pocket again. Go back to go back to the low with them after they torched me a little bit last week. Uh, next game we got Green Bay at Minnesota. Uh, looks like Green Bay is a three and a half point favorite with a total of forty six and a half. Yeah, I didn't have anything on this one because there was no lineup, and I wasn't really sure uh, about a few things when I was making my lines here. But I would have just from the information I had, I would have made roughly on you know, Green Bay about a one, one and a half, two point favorite somewhere in there. Definitely less than the field goal. So I'm kind of surprised when this number came out that we're not only getting the field goal, but you're getting the full field goal plus the hook. So I'm kind of surprised by that. I don't really think that Bradford will be ready, or at least I don't think he should be playing. I think Keenum looked good enough for let Bradford heal and kind of let a quarterback controversy simmer a little bit uh, going into the season, and maybe especially once Teddy gets hopefully healthy as well. But I, I don't know. I think this has got to be a bet on Minnesota here at 3.5. Uh, I don't know why, like I said, why this line's that high. Green Bay's look pretty impressive, uh, super impressive actually, even last week and the week before against Chicago. Uh they have they really can't look a whole lot better. I don't think it's specifically Rodgers, but the defense is maybe a little flaky. But I think this will be a more of a high scoring game than normal, and I I think I like Minnesota getting the points here at, at home. Yeah, I mean, his Green Bay is a good team, and you know, not breaking news there, and and they've they've looked impressive the last couple of weeks, but they're not a great road team. They they haven't been even as good as Rodgers has been. They I don't think they've been overly impressive in, in Minnesota. I know they lost last year there in that primetime game by, by a field goal in week two. And it's just, I just think, I think that last drive last week with, with Rodgers, which was incredibly impressive against Dallas. And I've, I've, I've thought for a couple of years, even as Brady's winning Super Bowls, that Rodgers, to me, is the best quarterback in the league right now. I don't even know if it's particularly close. If I could, you know, start a team with one guy for a year or give me you know, a deal if failings came down and you had to assemble your best squad to save humanity, there's no doubt in my mind Rodgers would be my quarterback. But all that being said, this, the Vikings are a team you want to bet at home. I, they got, they're a team you want to bet catching points, especially over a field goal. 
and uh, they didn't look particularly impressive on Monday night, which is probably part of the reason this number is as high as it is. And then the downgrade to Case Keenum, but any, anybody who watched that Vikings game, if Bradford's anywhere near the level of health he was last week, I don't, I don't think there's. I think it's an upgrade to get Keenum in there. And Keenum's he didn't look spectacular against the Lions, but he didn't look awful or lost. I think his overall he's been pretty solid. He's been a capable backup. And it's one of those deals. If, you, if the Vikings' defense is is looking good uh, in this game, as long as he just plays satisfactory, that could be enough to cover this three and a half. And then it could be a deal where the Vikings lose late. But if it's close, which I think there's a pretty good chance it will be, you know, I love having that three and the hook in my pocket. So I just think I think the Vikings were undervalued against Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago at home, and obviously I thought they were undervalued against the Lions and. You know, a couple fluky things happened in that game that that, that that swung it. They turned the ball over and were pretty careless. And obviously, I think Packers are a better team than the Lions, but you're also getting getting the, the the price range here is completely different. So as long as the Vikings don't kill themselves with turnovers, I think there's a real good chance they can keep this within three and a half. So I'm almost for sure. I don't have a play up officially released yet because the number is kind of. Um, not totally out there. There's still some places that don't have numbers up, but um, I'm almost for sure going to have uh, at least one unit play here on the Vikings again at some point this week. Uh, next game, Chicago at Baltimore. Looks like Baltimore is a six and a half point favorite, total 39 and a half. Yeah, that's before the Monday night football game. Not that it changed a whole lot, but my guess was Baltimore minus four and a half. My power rating, Baltimore minus five and a half. This game came in at Baltimore minus seven, and the look ahead was Baltimore minus six. I just think it's a little too high. Uh, now a little bit, got bet down a little bit. Now it's sitting at six and a half. Came came off that seven today, and that's the way I would look. But I'm obviously not going to be getting a bad number, especially with a key number of seven, second most key number that you can get outside of three. So, uh, but I'm not going to be laying it with Baltimore. I know that much. But if uh, if it creeps up any more to seven, I might think about taking Chicago. But I think Trubisky looked pretty good. I don't know if he can. It'll be interesting to see if he can do that same thing on the road against a, another good defense in Baltimore. So. It would be kind of annoying just from an NFC North standpoint how I think Trubisky had signs of Rodgers-like. They're you know, really good signs that he could throw the ball and escape the pocket and a lot of other good qualities that it seems like we're going to have another quarterback problem that we're going to have to deal with from the Vikings standpoint in the NFC North between Rodgers, Trubisky, and then obviously uh, and Matthew Stafford. So not really looking forward to that. But just from a betting perspective, I think it'll be interesting to see how he plays on the road here. But I don't know if I'll be having to play a side or total on this game unless the, the number moves a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. It looks a little high. Um, I just, even though Baltimore went and took care of business against EJ Manuel at Oakland there last week, I don't really think Baltimore's that good at all. I haven't been high on them a lot. Flacco still hasn't looked great. Uh, and it didn't seem like their offense hardly moved the ball at all in that game, even though they put up 30 points. Uh, I don't even know what the. I guess they they they'd outgained Oakland three sixty five to two forty five, but I think that was more so just having the ball forever and EJ Manuel and that Oakland offense being completely inept. So I don't really upgrade Baltimore much for that at all. Um, and I'd want to go Chicago. I did think Trubisky looked had flashes of of being you know a pretty high ceiling, which is more so than most a lot of rookie quarterbacks. They have the mistakes, but they don't even really have the flashes of brilliance or you know, the ability to roll out and throw a strike on the run 25 yards downfield right on the button, which he did a couple times and was pretty impressed with. But then he also threw the pick late to 
Harrison Smith, and even the touchdown that uh, the touchdown he did throw, Sandejo tipped it, and if he didn't kind of slip while he was tipping that, it could have easily been picked. So as good as he looked at times, and I thought the um, Chicago offensive coordinator did a really good job of kind of catering that game plan to, to kind of help out the rookie for a while there at first, kind of get him comfortable. Um, is as, as, as good of a job as that was, I do think Trubisky is a guy that I, I did, I'm going to buy stock in long term, but he also is raw enough where I don't know if I necessarily totally feel comfortable backing him on his first start on the road here either. Um, and then Chicago is a team that we've talked about before is maybe having a little home road split to them because I know what they went and um, they beat the Steelers at home and then they get blown out by the Packers on the road. They get blown out by the Bucks on the road. So I just can't in good faith put money on, on some road bears on Trubisky's first start here. But that, but that being said, I also by no means feel like backing Baltimore lane nearly a touchdown here. So, uh, uh, this is kind of kind of kind of be a stay away for me. And if the situation was a little different, or maybe the Bears next year, this would be a spot where I could absolutely see myself loving the Bears here. But for this year and this situation, uh, I'm just gonna stay away and and kind of watch this game and see how it's, see how it plays out and see if uh, my opinions change on Trubisky at all going forward. Last uh, early game we got here is uh, San Francisco at Washington. Looks like Washington's about a 10-point favorite and 46.5 total. Yeah, my guess here is Washington minus 9. My power rating was Washington minus 8.5. Westgate open, Washington minus 9, and the look ahead was Washington minus 7. See a little bit of Washington money coming in, which a little bit surprised about, actually. Uh, sitting at, like you said, 9.5, 10. And I don't know if you keep going back to the well this 49ers team or not. They still haven't won a game, but they, they like to cover and keep close games. But Washington is in a pretty good spot here coming off a bye off a loss after a primetime game. So another kind of like Atlanta, they're primed for a, a good performance here, and I'm, I'm pretty high on this Washington team as well. So uh, uh, it'd be either San Francisco or pass, but I don't know if I'm going to even get to the window at San Francisco. I think this, this might have a little bit of a blowout written all over it, and I think I'll be, be staying away from this game pretty easily with this high point spread. Yeah, the Pierre Garçon returns to Washington game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, I've liked this Niners team, even though they didn't come through for me last week. That was a pretty aggravating game. Uh, it seemed like they could just shred the Colts' defense at times, but for some reason they didn't do it all the time. Um, I like the Niners. They've kept basically every game close. They've lost by three, three, two, three the last four weeks. So you look at that just on paper on the surface and say, oh, wow, now they're getting ten. They've only lost by two or three the last four weeks. You know, that's a great buy, but... Like you, like you mentioned, the spot for Washington is pretty good coming off a primetime loss with the extra week to prepare. And then you have the Niners. This is their third straight week on the road, uh, which I don't really like. It's just spot-wise, it's just a real bad spot for the Niners, so I'd love to take the 10. And that's the only way I could if you forced me to bet it, but it's just not, not a good enough spot. And after losing with the Niners last week, uh, I'm going to – be passing this game and looking for you know, hoping hoping the Niners get absolutely blown out here. What I think is a pretty bad spot for them, so there might be a little bit more value on them going forward. But for an 0-5 team, uh, I have a ridiculous amount of faith <laughs> compared to what a lot of people probably have. I have uh, a lot more faith than most people that 
the Niners are a pretty good team to back here going forward. So even though I'm not doing it this week, they're a team I definitely like and, and will be on here again in the near future, most likely. So the first of the late games, it looks like we got four late games this week. The first one is the Rams at Jacksonville, which who would have thought two years ago this would be actually be a halfway decent and entertaining game, but I'm kind of interested to see a little golf portal showdown. Looks like Jacksonville's two and a half, some places with some juice. Uh, 42 and a half, 43 the total. Yeah, my guess here is Jacksonville minus one. My power rating was the Rams minus two and a half. And the opener, Jacksonville minus two and a half. And the look ahead was a pick em. So clearly it's a pretty big adjustment. I'm kind of surprised by this line sitting at two and a half right now. A little bit of extra juice you can find on, on a little bit of extra juice on Jacksonville. So you can kind of get a, a juicy uh, plus money price on, on the Rams at a few different shops. But that's obviously the way I'm looking at the Rams and kind of wait around and see if this number gets to three. It kind of has bounced around a little bit yesterday, and now I'm pretty much seeing all two and a halves. But I think the Rams at three is a pretty good bet. I don't know. I'm not really buying in on this Jacksonville team. And, yeah, they beat Pittsburgh, but a lot of that to do with Roethlisberger and the offense not clicking, and they just got up early with that defense and, and kind of just held the lead. But Bortles did absolutely nothing. And you can tell they just don't have any faith in Bortles. It basically is tell them, don't screw it up type of deal. And that's what you have in your quarterback that's not good, especially with this young Rams team with Goff that looked pretty impressive. And I didn't, wasn't really too high on this, this Rams team right away, but I'm kind of turning around, on, coming around on them and their new head coach and everything. I think it might be something to buy into a little bit. So now they can catch, catch some points here even they're on the road, but I just don't think it's that good of a spot for Jacksonville, and their home field advantage isn't really that much, about one of the weakest in the leagues. I'd say about one and a half, two points for home field at the most, so give me the give me the Rams here. Yeah, I just, I, that's kind of my first inclination, too, is I think the Rams are a better team than Jacksonville, and I'd like to bet them, but I just don't really like the spot here for either team. I, you got Jacksonville you know, at, at the Steelers getting it, in their minds, you know, a huge win, maybe their biggest win in a couple of years. Even though who you know who knows how good the Steelers team is, but it's a high profile win, and they basically just demolished them on the road. So they're going to be feeling pretty good and fat and happy coming home to, like you said, a pretty terrible home field advantage. So you look at that and you're like, oh wow, I you know I want to be all over whoever's playing them. I want to be fading this Jags team pretty good. But then you got the Seahawks. I mean the uh, the Rams who come off a couple couple wins in a row and a huge one against the Cowboys and then they come and play the division rival Seahawks at home in a pretty hard fought, you know, low scoring battle there and come all the way back at the end to a pretty good drive there by Goff and he puts one right on Connor Krupp or whatever the guy's Cup's hands and he drops it in the end zone and they had a legitimate chance to win that and against uh like I said the Seahawks that have you know, been one of the most high-profile teams over the last couple of years here. You know, even though they lost that game, they still had to expend a ton of energy, and their team that's been valued pretty highly. So it's it's probably not quite as bad of a spot as Jacksonville, but I also just don't really love it too. Now they're going back out on the road and traveling across country. It's just uh, I don't know. It's just it just feels like this Rams team is is valued pretty highly. And I think they are a decent team, but I don't think they're a top-tier team. So that's that's definitely the way I would lean, but I also just don't have quite enough faith and don't feel good enough totally about um, liking the Rams quite enough at this point to jump on in this situation. So uh, once Bortles 
is forced to actually throw the ball and as horrific as he usually is, I'm probably going to be kicking myself here that I'm not on the Rams, but I don't think I'm going to quite have the heart to get to the window here with him. Next game is Tampa at Arizona. Looks like Tampa's laying two, two and a half on the road, total of 44 and a half. Yeah, another one I'm kind of surprised about. Um, my guess is Arizona minus two and a half. My power rating, Arizona minus one. Westgate opened as a pick 'em, and the look ahead line was Arizona minus two and a half. So clearly a big adjustment. And I, I don't know. I've been low on this Arizona team, but I still think this is kind of ridiculous. I don't. I haven't seen a whole lot from this Tampa Bay team. And as bad as Arizona is, they're still what two and three and have a chance to do something it's not like their season's over in their own five or anything even though they, they easily could be but i'm about as low as you can be on this arizona team but if you switch it around here and just do uh say two points for tampa bay for home field and arizona give them three which i think is pretty conservative on both ends i mean you make this game what tampa bay's laying over a touchdown seven and a half eight somewhere in there at home against arizona i mean that seems kind of kind of a little ridiculous it just doesn't really add up because last week arizona was Philadelphia is laying six and a half, six or whatever to Arizona. And I think Philadelphia is a decent amount better team than Tampa Bay. So clearly it's just the market's kind of folding on Arizona. And that's obviously something where I'd like to take advantage of when you kind of buy a team low. So if you can see, see again, I'll be kind of waiting to see if I can get a three. Otherwise probably be releasing this play at, you know, two and a half and just kind of hope that Palmer kind of gets it together. All he looks pretty bad and old. I get that. Their offense struggles a little bit, but maybe Peterson after that sign or the trade that they just did with New Orleans, maybe Peterson will give him a little bit of a boost, uh, <laughs> although I doubt it. But uh, that's why I like, like I said, I've taken Arizona here, getting the points at home. I think that's, uh, that's where the value lies, and I think that's what I'm going to have to do, even though I'm not in love with this Arizona team. Yeah, I don't know. Arizona is one of those home fields that, can be really good if they're a good team and it's, you know, a primetime game against the Seahawks. That place can get rocking. It can be one of the most underrated home field advantages. But it's, if they're playing a you know, random afternoon game and the fans start to fold on them a little bit, I mean, they're only two and three, so they're not out of it. But I just think you kind of get the feel that they're just not a very good team. Um, I don't think that they might necessarily have a, a huge home field advantage. Then you got Tampa coming off a pretty devastating loss when Folk misses three field goals and they lose by five points against a New England team that we know isn't as great as they've been in the past, but they still kind of have that, you know, name cachet that, uh, that, uh, they'd feel pretty good about, uh, if they would have got that win. But since they were so close, I don't think it's going to, they're going to be too discouraged. So then you give them a little bit of extra time and now they come out and play a Arizona team that just, I just think is, I think they're a bottom five team in the league. I think I've been saying that for a couple of weeks. They just haven't been impressive at all. The two wins are in overtime against the Colts and overtime against the Niners, who between the two of them, what do they have? Uh, like one win? So, or two, two wins maybe. So, uh, you know, I just think that they're basically just not, not a good team at all. And, I do hear what you're saying that at some point the hate's going to go too far and the market might over adjust and there's going to be some value on the Cardinals, but I don't think it's quite yet. I think it's a pretty good spot for the Bucks. Um, I think if anything, I I don't know if I'm going to have a play on the Bucks or not because I, I still don't trust Jameis. I think he's got a long way to go to be a above average quarterback, and at this point, sometimes he's not even really serviceable with how inaccurate he is and mistakes he makes. So I don't know if I'm fully ready to lay points with him on the road, but that's the only way I would go is Tampa Bay. And at two, it's it's pretty tempting for me because it's hard for me to imagine 
that uh, Tampa Bay loses this game. To be honest, I think now that they're at two and two, I mean they both they both need the game obviously quite a bit. But I think Tampa has a little bit. I think they feel like it's a little bit more realistic for them to actually be a, a playoff contender this year. Whereas I think a lot of the older guys in Arizona kind of kind of get the feel already that they're just not that very good of a team. And uh, I think feel like they might fold if they get down a little bit in this game. So that's my that's my take on it. I'll probably be on Tampa. The next game up we got is Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Looks like Kansas City's laying four and a half with a total of forty six. Yeah, my guess here, Kansas City minus three and a half. My power rating was Kansas City minus three. The Westgate opened Kansas City two and a half minus one twenty, just a tick below three. And the look at line was Kansas City minus two and a half. So clearly uh a lot of lot of uh, support here for Kansas City, rightfully so. I think they're undefeated against the spread, and obviously uh, undefeated just a win loss straight up. So, and then Pittsburgh couldn't look a whole lot worse against that Jacksonville team last week, and even the week before. So, Roethlisberger looks pretty shaky, and I mentioned their offense looked pretty bad. So, I mean, that's not you know you're not getting ahead if you're gonna if that's your handicap. You're not really gonna get ahead of the market at all. That's already accounted for here. Just that big adjustment, you know, through. From two and a half through three, and then all the way to four and a half. That's a, a huge adjustment, especially for two high caliber teams like this. So it's pretty much a the buy signs blinking on Pittsburgh right here. You know, a lot of value on Pittsburgh just about the number, and it's basically do you think that they're going to bounce back or not and get it together? And I would originally think okay they should, but and judging about my power rating and everything else, I would think that, but just kind of hard. I'm not really sure. They haven't really shown me much. It's kind of seems like they've been you expect them to pick it up here throughout the season here and they just haven't done it so i'll be leaning towards pittsburgh and this is another game i got in my watch list here that i'm gonna be seeing if how high i can get it got up to four and a half i think i even saw five at one point but now we're getting a little bit of buyback on pittsburgh but most likely have a play on pittsburgh here before the end of the week and kind of just hope they can get together against this kansas city team that's looked pretty pretty good yeah talk about a perfect uh, buy low sell high spot yeah i don't think kansas city could get a whole lot higher unless they were, you know, Packers or Cowboys or Patriots type team that's just more public. But other than that, I don't think they could do a whole lot to be valued much higher here. And then on the flip side, Ben throwing five picks and two picks six last week and getting blown out to home to Jacksonville. I don't think Pittsburgh could be much lower right now. So it's just the spot just screams, screams Pittsburgh at four and a half. Um, but at the same time, you know, Ben talking a little bit about retirement and they might not have it anymore. And it's just, uh, it's one of those things where if they go out there and he throws an interception early and they get blown out, would you be totally shocked? You know, not, not really, but that's the only way I could look. And there's, I think there's a decent chance. I'm just gonna have to hold my nose and put a bet in here on Pittsburgh by the end of the week, even though, I might kick myself pretty early on for doing it, but I think that's I think that's the play and some one of those things where it's tough to do it sometimes, but you just gotta kinda stick with your con- convictions and you know, conventional handicapping for what seemed to have worked for quite a few years here. And uh if if you're gonna put a bet in where you talk to your average person and you say, Yeah, I'm betting Pittsburgh getting four and a half from Kansas City and they say, What? You know, Kansas City's undefeated, and Pittsburgh just got blown up by Jacksonville. And that's that's the reaction you want you want to hear, because obviously you're going to be getting a little bit of value if that's the case. So I think that's the way I'm going to be, be well, going. And coincide with that, real, like, what was that? To coincide with that real quick. I was going to just say on my program here, it's Pittsburgh right now, currently at, as we talk today here Tuesday night, uh, 
Pittsburgh's got 24% of the bets, uh, which is tickets actually, you know, bet on the over the counter, you know, on online or whatever you want to say, but actual ticket count is 24% and Kansas City's got 76% judging by the numbers I got. So pretty crazy that Pittsburgh team, which is one of the most public teams, has taken you know, less than a quarter of the bets. That's uh, so far this week. I'm sure it's even going to get more lopsided as the public get involved later in the week. Yeah, yeah, it's not something you see a whole lot. So I don't mind going the contrarian route here and uh, kind of, like I said, hold my nose and hoping for the best with Pittsburgh. Uh, next game is... What, did we, are one of these getting flexed to Sunday night, you know, or this one shows up as just an afternoon game too? We got the Chargers at Oakland. Yeah, it should just be the Sunday. I don't know why it would get flexed this game, but uh, I don't see a lineup at all. I see one three. I'm not even sure that's at Canner. I'm not even sure if that's available right now or not. To be honest, I didn't. I could check my app, but I don't see anything else up at all. So this game, I'm not really sure. Obviously. It looks like Carr's announced in on my screen, but who knows? Maybe they're waiting to see how healthy he is and a few other factors, but kind of surprised they don't have anything up here. Oh, yeah, see, I don't know why. For some reason, the odds screen doesn't have the Monday night game up here. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, I don't really – Chargers came through for me last week. I thought they had a decent performance, but it was just a lot of Giants being awful too, so – I don't really have a whole lot of new takeaways for them. And Oakland, EJ Manuel doesn't look spectacular, which isn't a huge shocker. But and who knows what David Carr is going to? I mean, Derek Carr is going to be when he comes back from injury. I don't think they're going to dress David. Um, so you know, I don't know who sees. We'll know what. Or who knows what the number is going to come, and then who knows what you're going to get from basically both teams um, if if you're catching points. I, I kind of like the Chargers, I guess, to keep her close, but there's just too many unknowns here to really get into it too much right now. Uh, Sunday night game, we got the Giants at Denver. Denver's laying 11.5, 12, uh, a total of 39.5, 40. Yeah, and this is, uh, I, I made this number before, you know, during the mid, about the halftime of the afternoon games. This is kind of before the few in- injuries and stuff I was certain of, but my guess here is Denver minus six and a half. My power rating was six and a half. The opener was Denver minus nine. The look ahead was Denver minus six. So clearly a big adjustment and a bunch of money coming on Denver just from all the wide receivers from the Giants getting knocked out. Obviously, uh, OBJ, uh, Beckham Jr. getting knocked out for the year, or I think it's for the year. And, yeah. uh, Yes. And then the other other wide receivers, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see who they who they bring out there. But, Marshall's out for the year, and then I think Shepard's hurt for at least a while. Yeah, he's out on my screen, and yeah, Marshall and Beckham are both out for the year. So it's crazy how much big of a difference OBJ makes on this offense, just kind of watching the Giants having being involved either side of total the last two, three weeks, and watching the game, how big of a difference that offense makes with when he's in there. It's just crazy how Eli likes him as a target, and you know, no wonder. It's not surprising, but... I really don't know how they're going to move the ball here, and clearly that uh, the marketplace has taken note of that, and a ton of money coming on Denver now sitting at 11 and a half, 12, and even a 12 and a half, a sharper shot that I'm looking at. So, I mean, even seeing a 13 at Boyd. So, wow, it's uh, keeps getting bet up as we speak. So, uh, I don't know how high this I have to get before I'm going to take the Giants, but I think uh, kind of like that game we talked about earlier, if it gets up to 14, a key number of 14, I think you might have to take the Giants out of principle, but. It seems like another game where it's just going to be a blowout here. And, and I was kind of leaning Denver under 10, but uh, now it's getting bet up. It's just uh, definitely can't take Denver laying this many points, especially the way that that, that team's built. Yeah, I suppose, again, I'd like to I'd like to bet Denver. 
And the, the only difference is, I mean, obviously they got a great defense, but the only difference from that Atlanta game where I might actually get to the window with Atlanta is that I, I trust their offense to put up a significant amount of points, whereas I just don't quite trust Simeon and Denver to, to score enough to cover this kind of number, especially when you look at the total here. The total's 39.5-40. It's a fairly low total. So when you're talking about covering a 12-point favorite on a 39.5-point total, it's not a whole lot of wiggle room there. Uh, obviously, that doesn't mean that they can't score more, but they're just, you know, it's projected to be a lower scoring game. So it's just harder to cover a big number like that. So um, it could be one of those things where the Giants just can't move the ball at all against a Denver defense. And, and you know, the Denver puts up their 17, 20 points and, and covers the game. But, um, you know, one fluky thing goes wrong or, you know, one pick six from Simeon or, you know, Eli connects on a couple or gets a couple random flags. Like, you know, the, the, uh, game last night with the Vikings and Bears, there are so many just random, terrible flags that were momentum shifts and, you know, can swing a game pretty easily. So it's just kind of hard to cover a big number like this with an offense that you don't totally trust to be consistently put in pressure and and putting up points as good as their defense may be. So I like Denver, and I think Denver will win the game fairly easily, but I'm just not really prepared to to lay the 11.5, 12 quite yet with this team. Uh, then we got the Monday Nighter. It's uh, the Colts at the Titans. I don't. Do you see any numbers up for this one? Nope, I don't see any lines. I didn't even make a guess because obviously Tennessee between Castle and Mariota is going to be a huge six points, six and a half points. I'd say in the point spread, so it's kind of hard to make a guess or do anything until you got some more information. So I don't know. Uh, not going to be too entertaining of a game either. So uh, I highly doubt I'll be involved in this game. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe it might have a bet on the total, depending on what that comes out at. But, yeah, I don't see anything right now and can't really analyze anything at this point in time. Yeah, Castle looked real bad last week. And then, I don't know. Yeah, so it's him. Not that, obviously, that's going to be factored in the market, but, boy, did he look bad. So that's my only, <laughs> my only uh, you know, point in this whole game, the Colts or whatever. And uh, we'll see when the, the line comes out, but I'm, almost for sure not going to be involved in this game just because I don't really trust or like any part about either of these teams. So uh, that finishes the game by game here for week six. Uh, now let's uh, give our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So last week you had that Detroit team. Didn't, uh, didn't quite get there. Uh, drops you to one and four on the year. And then I had the two team tees with Pittsburgh and Philly, and Philly definitely held up there into the bargain, but Pittsburgh definitely didn't. So I dropped that too. So we both are a loser. I dropped a two, two, and one on the season, but uh, luckily I, I hooked mine in the woods. But you followed me right up, put it in the water. So I keep the tee box. I think this is about a year straight now for me here, going first, which uh, I kind of like. I'm getting sick and tired hearing that. <laughs> well, you better do something about it and pick a winner or two here, but although this week it might not matter because uh, I might have one ahead of you. Um, uh, let's see. I don't know where where exactly I'm going to go here with this one. There's a few games I like. There's there's a lot of games that I like this week that I I think are good numbers, but there aren't a whole lot where I'm like, wow, this one is the game but for me for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think I'm going to 
I know you're going to disagree with this one, but I think I might go with that Tampa minus two and uh, take them on the road against Arizona. All right. He's been betting against the Arizona team and has been producing pretty good for me so far. So I'm just going to keep riding that fade the Arizona train. All right. Um, let me see here. Got a few plays that I think you kind of mentioned it, but there's a few plays I'm kind of waiting. I think the number's going to move. It's kind of hard. So instead of going for my strongest plays, I think I'm just going to get my play at something where I think I'm going to get the best of the number. And I think out of the few plays, a handful that I've talked about today, I think uh, I'm going to have to go with Minnesota plus three and a half. I just don't think that line's going to get much higher. I think it's going to creep down to three. So I think that get the best number there at three and a half. And hopefully we can stop Rodgers and, I think, not, don't like being a homer, but I think the values on Minnesota coming in uh, over that field goal on a hook. So I'll take the the Vikings plus three and a half at home. Yeah, that was one of my final cuts too. Um, I, I definitely agree with you there. So all right, I got uh, Tampa laying two on the road, and and you got the Vikes plus the three and a half there at home. So good luck to you on that, and hopefully we can get the turn around and get the picks of the week here back in the green and get back. Uh, get your official releases here going, get that back to even here. And you got any other uh, concluding thoughts on this week or anything else? Yeah, not really. It's kind of disappointing from a plates perspective, but hopefully get back on the grind and keep getting good numbers like we set, said earlier and keep climbing out of that hole and hopefully get back into the positive before season's end. All right, that sounds good. Well, good luck to everybody out there in week six here. And... uh you know, it's a pretty, pretty fun time of year from a sports perspective with the MLB playoffs going right now. Those have been fun, even though the, the Twins got eliminated there in that play-in game, but it's been some pretty good series. And then you got hockey starting up, NBA starting up here soon, college basketball going before not too long. And, of course, the NFL's just, just kind of getting into gear here, and, and college is along. So it's a fun time to be a sports better. A lot of opportunities out there, and uh, good luck to everybody. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.